everybody, this is James. And Marco. And Nabil. And this is the Movie Pals Podcast, podcast number 120. Today we're going to be going over a topic of the week, another segment for the Francis Ford Coppola Corner, and then a main review of the new Pixar film, Turning Red. So without further ado, let's get into our topic of the week. It's the topic of the week. So topic of the week here, guys. Obviously, Oscar season's coming to an end here, and we've been working through our list here. Mm-hmm. I just want to know what you guys think. I'm going to keep it really simple, actually, for this one. So for this one in general, I just want to talk about it with you guys. Like, have any, I mean, I know we're working through our list of films and blah, blah, but have any films, like, I don't know how to say it. Um, stood out? Stood out to you guys, or anything? Yeah. You know, it's you. it's really hard. I've been I've been really going through what we have over here, and it's really difficult to kind of pinpoint a film that I feel like really resonated with me. That's just like this is the best because because honestly, a lot of the films are really good, especially the ones that I have seen. Yeah, I I'd probably say right now the of the ones that I've seen that I've enjoyed the most, especially surprisingly enjoyed the most. I'd probably have to say like Licorice Pizza, at least for Best Picture. I would you know, love that, but I mean, I know. I don't know happen. if it will, though, realistically. But no. I really did enjoy it the most of the ones that we've seen so far. I like it a lot too. I think that's one of the ones to um, to see if that makes sense. Kind of, yeah. That I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of like good ones. I still need to see like four more movies on this list. Yeah, as I told you, Drive My Car, Lost Daughter, Parallel Mothers, and the Worst Person in the World. But for the most part, that's been my list the whole time. Like, I, I watched a majority <laughs> of these ahead of time. So that was kind of the nice thing. I think some of the cooler things about the list itself is, like, if what, anything that you guys found that was, like, I don't know, surprised you maybe. But so far on my list, I mean, I I, have, I need to catch up. I have, what, two weeks, two, three weeks to watch these. So I, I don't know. I, I think, like, Power of the Dog is probably the favorite. But Yeah, I think so, too. And I'm going to tell you. I I wasn't a fan going in throughout the most of the film. It was really the ending that changed my whole perspective of the film. And as great as that ending <laughs> is, it really doesn't, for me, make a good, like, this is the best film to see. But it's very Oscar baity. Yeah. So, you know. Uh, what about I you, I have to agree with you there, Nabil. Power yeah. of the Dog, it's it's definitely a slow burn. I, uh, I definitely disagree with a lot of the criticisms of the movie. Because I went in and I didn't know what to expect, really. I went in blind with no trailer whatsoever and i had i it was on my list and part of the reason it was first is because it was uh one that you had mentioned nabil in your top 10 films so i was like you know what let me give this a shot i barely give nabil a shot so let me let me go ahead i mean not to mention i think it's nominated for the most it is it's the most yeah Yeah. dude cinematography is fire on that so but uh yeah i I agree with you nabil i think the, the payoff is the end on that but one that um i recently watched that i still have like 15 20 minutes on left to watch yeah i know strange right but um it was late so i was like i'll just finish it tomorrow is coda actually i've been sleeping on that Uh, one and fuck dude i'm liking the shit out of that movie it's really good uh that's one uh, of the few that nabil has not seen yet (laughs) i have not seen it yet do not sleep on it it's one of the shorter ones too it's only like an hour and 58 minutes too so, um, you know, no excuse on me for having like 15, 20 minutes left on it, but, um, I'm actually juiced to finish that, um, as soon as we're done recording and, and, and watch it. Cause I've, I've just been, I mean, it helps that it has an actor that I really like in that movie. So, um, dude from, um, Sing Street. So that actually had a lot to do with me wanting to watch it, but, um, yeah, I'd say that one for sure, uh, has caught my attention, James. Um, is one that uh, is great. really, yeah. I, I mean, I heard good things about it, but I was like, you know, I'll, I'll check it out. And it was, um, yeah, it was spot on, man. Uh, Mitchell, no, Mitchell's versus the machines too. It's pretty good. Oh, I love that movie. I love it, love it. the Furby man. Um, Nabil, you watched West Side Story, right? I did. I What'd saw West Side Story. Uh, I enjoyed it. It's, I don't know. I still have something for the original movie, but. I did, uh, yes, overall, it is a superior film, I think, uh, <laughs> compared to, like, yes, it is just well Natalie better Woods produced. playing a Puerto Rican just worked for me. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah Nabil, I see you definitely have something for the original. You need to put that bad boy away. 
<laughs> but I did enjoy it. I mean, I don't know if it's... I wouldn't call it a uh, picture of the year, though. Maybe if any other year, especially earlier in the decade, like last decade, maybe. But with what we have going on uh, with the film list right now, I, I don't feel like it's the strongest contender. I think it's shot really well. It is. I would say yeah. too for that the one. visuals are really, I mean, especially compared to what we saw, you know, from the 60s, like this is visually just much more stunning much more cohesive story too of what's going on it just makes more sense how the how it transitions yeah and i think you it's know. a shame especially like the young one of the young actors didn't get nominated for supporting the guy that yeah. is the main character's friend that's kind of mm-hmm. um the leader of that crew i found that kind of weird i was like he did so well shit so so anyways guys uh what movies i mean so i mean for the most part the ones i got it left i'll knock them all out fuck it dude Nothing's really, nothing's blown me away this year. That's why I'm like, man, I almost forgot about this shit, dude. As the guy same, you, like I was like, fuck, we gotta do the Oscars stuff still. I mean, my favorite I like, film I still overall. Like watching it and like doing our our little yeah yearly bet we got. Don't get me wrong on that, but so what was uh, what was that, Neville? Sorry, I was gonna say my favorite film overall. I still enjoyed Belfast the most, you know, but and that could win. That's a possibility, but I don't, I don't think There's that a lot. I don't even. I think it might be one of those years where like we think it's gonna be. Um, yeah. power the dog, but then they're gonna be like, I don't know, tick tick or some shit. Like what? Right, 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 right. <laughs> some kind of what I'm thinking or to be honest, Alley. especially like, what especially with fuck? some of the criticism that we they've kind of gotten with just some of the changes they're doing again, and then you know what hasn't been nominated. I I wouldn't be surprised if people just decide to do something random and shake things up, you know, and uh, yeah. maybe the maybe your King Richard wins, which would be a surprise. I mean, it's a good film. Will Smith was really good, but uh, this is the one yeah. year where I'm like, yeah. I'm, I'm I don't know who's gonna win any of these fucking categories too. Yeah, like for best actress, I'm like, I don't know. Like, is it gonna be Kristen Stewart? Is it gonna be someone else? I don't know, man. It's weird. It's like I don't know who, who's the favorite. And then even I hope they really actor, do surprise like, us this year, though. Yeah, it's cool. I mean, even last year was surprising. We made a lot of things that we were like, what the to, hell? To a point, yeah. Yeah, it wasn't predictable for um, who won it last year, too. So, I mean, that's why it was like, it all comes down to, uh, it comes down to those animated films sometimes. You know how it is. It all comes down to how much wine have I had tonight. Speaking of which, we are drinking a red wine tonight from Mr. Coppola himself. And it, Hashtag not a sponsor. Not a sponsor, but I mean. Hashtag not yet. I mean, I'll be, I'll, I'll gladly be. <laughs> Hashtag hope so. Movie. Yeah. Um, so let's move on, guys. Oscar wise, next time uh, we talk, we'll actually the Oscars will have happened, and we will announce who won our Oscar bowling out of that. This will be an interesting one, I think. This this yeah. Oscar season will be much more interesting than I most think because I will it really lose. is much more challenging. I think I'm gonna lose I'm, this one. I, I don't, I don't <laughs> you know. See, you say teams. that every time. There's this no, guy's well, trying I mean, to eat a bunch of right here in a long time where I just oh my god, this guy. Truthfully, like maybe I knock out these four movies and I'm like, be right back in it. Let's go. Yeah. So. Who knows? You can do Maybe the four movies easy. Oh, easily, yeah. I'm, I'm probably knock half of them out this week. So I just been waiting because I'm like, uh, uh, it's nice. I will say last thing before we get, uh, move on to our uh, couple of corners that um, I did like the fact that this year, as well, uh, we were able to watch. We can watch all these ones. The, anything left in your left in your um, list, you can literally watch from home at this point. You do not have to go to theater to go see them. So even the the um. Oh God! What's the title of the film? Was Do it the, the worst person in the world? What was yeah, it just worst? came out today on video on demand. Oh well, sh- look at that. There you go. So sir. nobody has an excuse. Support the films. Spend the twenty dollars on some of these same day or early releases. I think that was like them. fifteen bucks. I heard it's excellent too. I know it's foreign. People are oh subtitles, but I heard it's quite good. I'm looking forward to that one. So yeah, yeah and more often than we do. Step outside oh, of your ahead. comfort zone and and read some subtitles. You'd be amazed. I mean, at this point, that's kind of why we go through this list. Is like, yeah, it's people giving them other awards and blah, blah blah. But I think every year we found some kind of movie that we would have never watched, and we're like, oh, that's right. actually pretty good. Mm-hmm. Like, well, I think the more often we do these things, like streaming is going to be a thing now going forward. But how quickly may still may change. It's still going to evolve. Yeah. But it's important that we are spending the money on these small films that. Um, we, you know, we, if we can't go to the theaters to do, at least watch it at home. Give the access to everybody. You know, the more you do this, the more available yep. they become, and the more mainstream they become. So I think it is important that everybody watch these smaller films, um, Oscar season or not. Even some for, I mean, foreign films have become more popular since, um, like Parasite even won that Oscar. You know, we we should be 
embracing this more and taking advantage of it. And, and people, these studios will make it available to us if we actually pay to watch it. Nabil, you hit the nail right on the head. There's, there's more accessibility now. There's really no excuse to not support these films right now. All right, guys, let's move on now to our Francis Ford Coppola corner. Not to worry. How can I expect him not to worry? I mean, a woman gets up at six o'clock in the morning, leaves her husband. You expect wait, him not to worry? Just a minute, Mama. I did not say that I was leaving him. I didn't say that. I said I just wanted to be free for a minute, for five minutes, for half a day, an hour. I don't know. Shh. Hi, Nat. Morning, Daddy. Something wrong, baby? Huh? No, nothing's wrong, Lou. I just couldn't sleep. I thought I'd talk to Mama. Oh, where's Vinny? Vinny's out in the car listening to the radio. Oh, tell him to come in. Daddy. Vinny's not out in the car. He's at home in bed asleep. Little baby, why don't you go to bed too, huh? Oh, wait a minute. I don't get this. So, guys, as you know, last movie left off, if you're continuing our journey here into all the films of Francis Ford Coppola was Finian's Rainbow, the musical. And our next film here was made the following year. It is called The Rain People, which we are going into. Um, some little trivia here that I want to bring up kind of in between. So you, uh, we're, you know, as you know, we're providing a little more oomph with these reviews just so you kind of understand where they're coming from. We're a little bit less, I guess, I don't know, we're a little more biased on these ones too, just because we're kind of presenting this as like a special too. Um, so The Rain People was written, directed, and initially produced by Coppola himself, though as the movie advanced, he exceeded his budget, and the studio had to underwrite the remainder of the film. The film won the Golden Shell at the 1969 San Sebastian Film Festival. Just some, uh, that's really all the trivia on this movie itself. So let's get into <laughs> the movie here, guys. It is, uh, what, like I said, The Rain People, released in 1969 on August 27th. It sits at a 83% of Rotten Tomatoes, and the synopsis here is when a housewife finds out she is pregnant, she runs out of town looking for freedom to reevaluate her life decisions. As you know, directed by Francis Ford Coppola and written by Francis Ford Coppola, this stars Shirley Knight as Natalie, James Caan as Kill Gannon or Killer, um, Killer, right? Yeah. Yeah. Killer, Killer Gannon. I don't know why that, I don't know why that uh, sounded so weird, but they just call him Killer, so. Yeah. Because that's his uh, name. Uh, Robert Duvall as Gordon and Tom Aldridge as Mr. Alfred. Going to start with you, Marco, on this one. What did you think about this one in a few sentences? You know, I was splendidly surprised. At first, I didn't know what to expect of this movie. As you know, I'm going in blind on all these, with the exception of when we do the Godfather trilogy, but never heard of this one. (laughs) Never knew it existed. I was like, all right, this sounds kind of weird, but um, totally. people. Is this a sci-fi? I was like, what is this? Is this a horror film? <laughs> <laughs> totally unexpected, you know. I mean, the, the first first scene starts off with, you know, Natalie, you know, waking up all freaked out, you know, kind of like, you know, as if she had just spent the night with me or something. I'm just kidding. Jesus. But <laughs> I was like, Zingers. oh, man. Damn, so that's how it feels like. Fuck. No, I'm just kidding. But um, I, it, I was splendidly surprised, man. Um, I, I like the fact that for the time, for 1969, a very a very strong female lead on Shirley Knight's part and all the ordeals and everything that she goes through are, are quite, you know, I, I could imagine were quite shocking for the time. And an- another example of like Francis Ford Coppola, like moving the bar and trying to be, you know, somewhat ahead of its time. You know, it's not by far perfect, but overall it was enjoyable. It was still slightly relatable, you know, of, of a character of someone who's just, you know, having this dilemma, not sure where they want to be in life. And I could understand it from her perspective and also from looking from the outside in and saying, you know, I can I can empathize with this person and and feel what they're feeling and be like, man, that just fucking sucks, you know, to you know, that's life. But um it's one of those uh a slice of a slice of life of this person, you know, and, and I kind of enjoy those. Um, again, not perfect. Um, I wouldn't say I, I agree 100% with that Rotten Tomatoes score. For me, it would probably be around like the 70-75% range, but um, yeah. Nice. Uh, what about you, Neville? You know, it was okay. <laughs> it, it wasn't a, it wasn't the story for me. 
We'll see. I can't um, look at uh, Robert Duvall the same again. Yeah, you know, I, you know, I can say that James Conn and Robert Duvall looking good when they're uh, in what is their late twenties, uh, early thirties. Handsome young man there. They both like women's rights. They both to say I could say I've been in a, I've been in Robert Duvall's shoes before. Jesus Christ, Damn, the bill. No, I think that uh, you know my my biggest gripe with the film i think is that you're supposed i think you're well, at least i think you're supposed to feel for natalie and what she's going through and i kind of felt like she was you know she was a character to hate and i don't know if that was intentional or not but i didn't like her Damn, i didn't i i got wow. her motivation uh, you know it came through clear enough that she wasn't ready and i agree with your points there marco but at the same time you know you could see just from the beginning of the conversations it seemed like she had a good relationship with her husband it's, you know but she just felt smothered um she went to her family and then decided to just i mean she went from new york and is trying to head out west she was by the end of the film she was in nebraska so she's been driving for quite a bit and she is pregnant and didn't know what she was going to do with the baby and was just you know ready to to run off and do her own thing she was trying to sleep with another man and i know it's all i'm not it's not even for me in the sense of like well she has a right to do what she wants it's more in the sense of like you had a home you didn't really even try to to spend any time to work it out you just ran off and then i think part of the premise is that she's there taking care of Kilgannon or killer um which which kind of helps her with the idea of i guess you know being able to see if she can take care of another person but i don't know i just i i really didn't feel for her motives i think I did enjoy James Kahn's character as Killer. He was he did really well. I think he played mm-hmm. played him pretty well. I think that the the premise, though though not what I was expecting out of this film, it's a very interesting take on what they were doing there. And I, it was unique for me even from to modern day. You don't see a, um, a lot of films kind of in this setup, and it wasn't especially for a late sixties film. I don't think it was very tasteless. You know, it it, it is a little dated in some of what what they were saying and doing, but. I thought it was being portrayed pretty well um, for what uh, James Conn was working with. Um, so from that aspect, I thought he was a he was a great character and and did really well with what was given to him. Um, but I, as far as the plot's concerned, I really didn't connect with uh, Natalie's character. I gotta say, this might be the worst take Bill's ever had on a movie. <laughs> In my <laughs> I feel like you missed the mark on this one, big guy. Probably, I might have. Yeah, like, like she like belong in the the uh, kitchen. They don't know where she left. Uh, like it, um, it, it looked like it was. Yeah, it looked like we, I, she had a right life, man. But it looked yeah. like it. But I think the whole purpose is like uh, looks aren't everything, right? So like exactly, we don't know what's James. in her head, and I. I I actually, I understand where she's coming from. Like, sometimes you wake up and you're like, what the fuck am I doing, right? Like, this doesn't feel right. And, you know, and I think that's the whole point of this film is that it's showing you um, people have uncertainties, right? And people have, um, that not, not everything is, you know, written in black and white for certain people. And I think, especially, I compared this movie to, like, Easy Rider, where it's, um, like, a new generation. It's those, the kids of baby boomers, right? And they're going off and they're, um, or they are baby boomers, sorry. And they're like discovering themselves and they don't have to live by the norm anymore. And like, if you don't want a kid, you don't have to have a kid. And I think that's pretty much what is um, happening in this movie is is what's going on. So um, I agree, though. Natalie doesn't quite know what she wants to do. She's she's doing stuff. And I think maybe the reason why that throws you off, Nabil, is like, for instance, she she's trying to sleep with a guy randomly just because I think she just wants to like see how it is. Like, yeah. Maybe that's the lifestyle she wants to choose from going on. And, you know, it goes with their whole like... Um, I don't want to be a mom or I don't want to be a wife and blah, 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 you know? So it's um, kind of one of those things, I guess. And uh, I thought James Kondo yeah. did really well. I kept thinking, I don't even want to say the quote, I guess. I, I thought he was going to go, um, <laughs> I thought he was going to be way more mentally handicapped is what I'm trying to say. That he was going to overdo it? Yes. I thought that was how it was right. going to be reading the description. I was like, oh, man. That's what worked for me. I I, I thought they were going to overdo it with him, but they didn't, which was nice. I was like, okay. No, I I agree. I, I think felt that was bad. I felt well done. generally bad for him. I was like, fuck, because he actually yeah. is like, this is hard to say, but because James Conn is not like this kind of person in real life, apparently, but he seemed really <laughs> warm and touching. Like, you know, what I mean, like, I was like, damn, dude. Like, he's like, he literally goes to that farm and is like, I'm gonna free these fucking chickens, and he just fucking does it, right? So, and it just sucks seeing him getting taken advantage of, and I've. 
And yeah, I think he that did. happens to a lot of people like that, and it's like fuck, you know. So, especially in those times too, like you can no. you can see throughout the movie that no, like no one's understanding, no one gives a shit, and it's just like man, that's just pretty fucked. Even up. the girl that he thinks was like his girlfriend, then she's like, he's a fucking idiot, and she's talking oh, shit. Oh shit, yeah, she was, was the like, worst. The school paid him off and just told him, you know, be on your way. He's got no family to go to or anything. Just gave him money and said good luck. Even though you know he should have been able to sue for millions for brain damage from you know. The entry. Not in 69, probably. <laughs> they were probably like, get out of here. <laughs> he was like, because his mom worked there and she died and they were like, let's get rid of him because he's just going to call yeah. issues. So I was like, fuck, mm-hmm. that sucks, man. Um, question then on this, uh, Nabil. Did you, um, what, so that didn't, I know, I know her plot itself didn't work for you, right? Is there anything else you wanted to see kind of more or less of then? Or did you want to see more of like what her past was like? Not just through those flashbacks or memories and. Which I gotta hands down say that I I did enjoy the flashbacks they do. They're pretty sudden in this this movie, um, especially a scene with Robert Duvall's Gordon at a when his house was on fire. I thought that was really well done. Yeah, so. I think that was a really good scene for a flashback. I think I, I mean yeah, the flashbacks were kind of quick and sudden and i got what he was doing with it it was supposed to be like a flash of memory you know they'd mentioned something and it's supposed to be like if it was an instance in their head seeing seeing what what they're talking about so I, i'm um i think it was it was a unique way to approach it do i think uh it is it is practical to go through no but stylistically speaking for this film sure you know it was it was good i will say i really did like um what just just how francis ford coppola was was approaching this i was talking to you earlier james that you could tell that he's still trying to figure out his his you know like his signature of what he wants to do he's playing with different camera tricks here he's doing the flashbacks he's doing different things with sound they're very quiet tense moments they're very loud and boisterous moments um and it's a very simple plot i mean they're in a car they make a couple stops they're going from a to b you know and then it kind of ends um not a lot nothing like too exciting really happens until literally the last few minutes of the film um but the whole time i was curious like i was interested i was never i was never bored you know i was never like uh yeah. when are we gonna get to the next thing i i really wanted to see what was gonna happen yet next and and as far as you know natalie i though i didn't like her character I was so curious of what she was doing next and was kind of enthralled of like, well, why are you doing this? What's going on? You know, what? I don't understand your motives on this. Like, I was still interested to see where it was going. And so from that aspect of it, I think the film did a really good job of trying to draw you in and and keep keep you um, keeping you wanting to find out what's going to happen next. You know, whether, even when it's not, something doesn't happen, um, you're still curious and like you're like, well, OK, so what does this mean between her leaving um killer um and then finding a way to come back and um what killer is gonna do you know all this kind of things i I agree with you on that uh it seems like that was kind of like maybe like maternal instincts actually do kicking in that she's looking out for him because obviously at first she's kind of like taking advantage of him because you know thinks it almost seems like they're gonna have like a one-night stand but then when she realizes like he'll do anything she says she realizes how kind of lost and gone he is you know so she's like fuck right and I think it's she does have guilt about it, and that that shows in this this movie where she's like, "Hey, I gotta watch out for him," because she abandons him like twice, and she's like, "She does, she like, does, yeah. yeah." I'm like, "Damn." Yeah. So, uh, Mark, I want to start with you then on this one too. What did you? How did you compare this to the last two films we've seen? So this is his third technical big film, right? So I mean, we've had Dementia 13, Finney's Rainbow, than this. So, what what's your take on that? I think akin to what Nabil was saying, where. Coppola still trying to find his his style, still experimenting. A lot of really good shots, POV shots too, of uh, when Natalie's driving around. Like there's one instance near the beginning where she's driving through a tunnel, and it's a POV shot. It looks so good. Uh, A lot of what looks like natural lighting when she's driving against like the sunset. Which I mean, I mean, uh, Marcos cut in. This movie is only in standard definition, so. Yeah, um, I, I I have to say this is like one of his only movies that's not been somewhat remastered or put in HD. And so it should we don't be, know if those are shadows or just uh, something wrong. We don't know. Right, it, it should because there's a lot of beautiful shots on here. the The flashback scenes were done really well too. I think that really helped the story. Um, real quick, like backpedaling a little bit. I think you know the the character of Natalie for me worked. I, I disagree with the bill there because I feel like. She is supposed to be this imperfect person, like to society, to to society and societal norms. She had like 
the best life there could be, but she wanted something different only to come face to face with her fears, like being maternal to kill Ganon. I felt like that, that part of it worked for the story only for her to come across a uh, abusive type husband through Gordon and the, the, you know, her relationship failing was one of her fears too. So I feel like all these things that, that, that Coppola incorporated into the film, he will later use like in storytelling and say like for the Godfather and stuff. And I felt like all those things for me, they worked because of the fact that Coppola just has this way of telling raw stories and making the dialogue and, and the, the story mesh so well. So, um, yeah, I still think he hadn't really gotten it a hundred percent in this movie. He's still trying to, figure out what you know what his style is but for me all those elements work the story the characters uh the camera angles he chose the way he he blended in the flashbacks um all those things i think um made for a uh, pretty decent movie i mean he was only 29 30 when he made this movie too so i mean yeah still pretty impressive you know so Mm -hmm. uh let's jump into it then guys so on a star rating here uh, what would you uh, rate it, and uh, would you recommend it to anyone? Starting uh, with you, Nabil. I rate this a three stars. Um, I, I think it is from a technical standpoint. It's a very interesting film, and and again, the story was enthralling enough that I wanted to see it through the end. So if if you're it's, and like you said, James, just some comparisons to like Easy Rider and some other films in that era. So yeah, um, I think if you have any kind of nostalgia for films of that era, this this definitely can hold its own. I don't know, if, in my opinion, if it's the strongest as far as plots concerned, with especially with the main character. But I do think it's a film worth watching, and um, it's a it's also if you're a really big fan of Francis Ford Coppola, um, really interesting to see, you know, his technique from this film prior to, you know, the Godfather. Yeah. Uh, what about you, uh, Marco? I give this one three Robert Duvall's and I, I feel like this story is very relatable, whether you're, you know, male or female, I, I think it, it, it is meant to make you feel uncomfortable in the decisions that the main character Natalie makes in that she's, you know, human and she's going to have flaws and everyone at some point in their life has been in a situation where they're doing what societal norms want them to do, but they want to go against that for some reason, their instinct tells them, I want to do something different, you know? And I, and I felt like this movie, although not perfectly did capture that feeling, that sensation. And, um, yeah, for that reason, I give it three stars. That's cool. I give it a three and a half stars, actually. So I agree with you guys. You guys kept good points on both of them. I'd recommend it too uh, if you're a fan of like Easy Rider or even, I mean, like I said, uh, Mice and Men kind of reminds me of this too, a little bit. And it's um, it's a pretty tragic story, and um, mm-hmm. for the most part, I liked. I thought it was well acted, and it was uh, well written. And I just, uh, I mean, it's to start. I think out of the three films we've seen so far, this is arguably his best one, probably. Um, so far, obviously, but um. <laughs> And you, you get know, to see so, James Conn shirtless, you know? Yeah. I was like, whoa, <laughs> what the hell? Yeah, I mean, you see a lot of people shirtless in this too. Um, I was going to go into spoilers, but truth be told, guys, let's just leave it there. So if you're interested in it, uh, check it out. Uh, it's on, it's only standard definition, unfortunately. So you either rent it or buy it really cheap. So it's, uh, the rain people. So let's move on now to our main review of Turning Red. Go. I'm Maylin Lee. I wear what I want, say what I want, 24 7, 365. I know, it's a lot. But I don't got time to mess around. Oh, about the hustle, am I right? Poor town. This is gonna be the best year ever. And nothing's gonna get in my way. Breakfast is ready. Coming. It's gonna be me. Pixar's <laughs> Turning Red. 
uh, as currently sitting with a 95% on Rotten Tomatoes. The story is about a 13-year-old girl named Mei Lin turns into a giant red panda whenever she gets too excited. This is directed by Domi Shi, who also did the short uh, Pixar short uh, Bao back in 2018, which is an excellent film. Uh, written by Domi Shi, Julia Chow, and Sarah Stryker. This was released on March 11th and is currently on Disney+. Plus. The voice cast stars Rosalie Chiang as Maylin, Sandra Oh as Ming, Ava Morse as Miriam, Haiyan Park as Abby, Maitreya Ramakrishnan as Priya, Orion Lee as Jin, Wei Xing Ho as Grandma, and Tristan Alric Shen as Tyler. Bravo. Sir. We always give Bravo. Nabil the challenging names. <laughs> Bravo, Nabil. You, you got it really good I, there, man. I was on the edge of my seat the whole time. I was shaking in my boots. It's like, who's going to get this? All right. So just for everybody's clarification, before we go into this film, uh, obviously this film is about oh, puberty for young women, and we are a bunch of dudes here to talk about the film. So... You know, we don't have the fullest on perspective in relation to everything that may be going on, but there's obviously some okay, relation okay, based yeah, off of right. our own So, family. should we have so. had a female guest today? We probably with should the rain have. people and this. I mean, that kind of lined up. We had no idea what that movie was about. Yeah. I yeah. mean, that just kind of got lucky that they both kind of like hit a certain kind of theme, I would say, especially during Women's Month. So, yep. right. sorry, everyone. We'll so, we apologize in advance. Time. Maybe yeah. next time one of us does watch a trailer for the other movie just to get ahead. <laughs> well, yeah, I know. This, this is what happens when we try to go on blind too many times. We're like, yeah, sure. We're not going to watch the trailer. Yeah, because like um, we changed it. This wasn't even the original movie we were going to watch. So, I mean, you know, just take take a, take a grain of salt. Yeah, we're a bunch of dudes. Also, also hey, if you're listening and you want to be a guest, uh, just let us know. Yes, you're always welcome. As long as we know you. <laughs> yeah. All right. And so with that said, James, since you are... Uh, Partially related to some of these people, as far as ethnicity is concerned. Wow, they're Chinese. You fucking somebody. racist. Yeah. <laughs> oh my! Wow. God. Okay, sure. What were what were your thoughts about this film? Uh, I thought it was okay. <laughs> That's it. I, I know I'm usually a sucker for these coming of age ones, but something about this one didn't work for me. I don't know what it was quite exactly. Well, I mean, we'll break it down. But I yeah. like the animation. I'll say that much. It's very colorful. Um, Especially, I think if you're a fan of anime, for instance, a lot of that will hit here. They have a lot of uh, a lot of references, a lot of anime references, as well as uh, emotions. Like they get like the big glowy eyes or the tears, and a lot of that kind of stuff. And for me, though, the story it wasn't anything new from what I've seen. I mean, I get it. Um, I thought some of the voice acting was a little weak with the with the main kids. I don't know why it didn't work for me. Uh, I know they use relatively unknown people too, so maybe that's it. It's just, but maybe that's more realistic. Like. Um, and I know it takes place in 2002, but it didn't seem like 2002 to me, if that makes sense either, because a lot of their stuff, huh. I'm like, I don't remember seeing people saying OMG in 2002. That's more of a, you know, mid-2010 kind of thing, but um, for the most part, it was, um, it, it didn't, and the thing is with Pixar films, they usually resonate with me because it's like emotional or it gets right, to like right. the feels, and not once did I feel like that during this movie, so. But once again, I agree with you. I am not the target audience for this movie. So um, it seems like it's maybe aimed at a certain demographic, which is totally fine. I don't have an issue with that at all. There's plenty of movies like that. But for me, I think, um, I don't know. I thought it maybe I was thinking just a little more. And I think for the most part, I, I wish it had more of a centralized antagonist too. And I, I get who it is by the end, but... That kind of hurts the plot for me in my in a way. I mean, I'm just bitching at this point, but yeah, that that's that's it sure. for now. So okay, okay, yeah. What about you, Marco? What were your thoughts on the film? Uh, I, I liked it. I thought it was enjoyable. It wasn't perfect. I think that it has a rough start at first. Like you, it's different. Uh, I know James was saying that it's uh, heavily inspired by anime, and it it is. Uh, very much so, even down to some of the acting and the mannerisms. And it kind of throws you off a little bit because it's a Pixar film and you have like a standard or, or a uh, a style that you expect from Pixar. But I appreciate them stepping out of their norms and shaking things up. I like that. Uh, yeah. I don't think it's meant just for any demographic. I think, you know, it, it talks on puberty. Yeah, it focuses on female protagonists but in general like i think it touches on puberty pretty well 
as far as like the emotions, the, you know, hormonal outbreaks or anything. Like I think that happens both in boys and girls. I, I really don't really think that it obviously, you know, it focused heavily more on the, the female of this one, but I don't think that should really take you too much away from it. Um, I do think that, um, it's a tad bit long. <laughs> that is one thing. I'm like, they could have trimmed it down a little bit. Um, Do you want to know something nuts, though? It's only an hour and 28 minutes long. There's 17 minutes of credits at the end. Just let you know. Shit, I think you're right. Wow. Yeah, that's just... Yeah, I stayed for the freaking post-credit scene, too. But... Um, uh, I fast-forwarded. I was like, here we go. There's something. Yeah. And, done. <laughs> and, yeah, it... It doesn't really have, like... A central antagonist to a point like it just sort of has a, a a problem or an issue an obstacle that the main character has to overcome and i think that's kind of how i like approached it um some of the voice acting i agree with james there was a little weak um at times i was like oh man you can tell that these people do not have that much experience voicing uh, animation because it shows but uh overall I, I think they nailed it for what they had i also agree that uh i didn't know it took place in the early 2000s until like towards the end when someone mentioned something and i'm like what the fuck the whole time i was like why aren't they using cell phones like what the they, fuck i think they say why is she still playing with the tamagotchi they do mention at the beginning yeah <laughs> man that, that flew over Pay my head again like i said marco you fucking idiot like i said dude and like no, on, it takes quick. a while to get into there the was movie no tamagotchis in 2002 by the way that was long dead by then just I don't think know. it was as popular by then. It wasn't yeah. as popular. Yeah. I'll tell you right now, that shit was done by 99 or some shit, bro. Yeah, but it is Canada, so we don't know. No offense. Uh, yeah, Canadians. sorry, Toronto, sorry, I guess. I mean, yeah. Maybe we threw you guys our leftovers. I don't know. But, uh, I feel like, yeah, like you know, it, I was like, make it, it 1998 or some shit. I don't know what the fuck this is. <laughs> right. It wasn't perfect, but again, this is another one of those stories similar to. Our Francis Ford Coppola film, where you're, where you have a character that's going against social norms and against, you know, um, cultural standards and trying to become a person of their own, and I think that's something that anyone could relate to. You know, it doesn't matter who you are. Like, it's if, as long as you, you know, breathe and you're human, then you can understand what that feeling, what those emotions are like. So I, I felt like it nailed that pretty well. I just felt like it, it, it took too long to get to that. I guess to that point, I guess, but it overall, it's still doable. Minutes for her to get to the point where her parents took her. She's a panda, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I just had to. I just had to bring that up. I also agree. Until, it, gets, it, it takes it, a while to get to the point. I'm like, okay. In a way, oh. I almost got like Teen Wolf vibes from it. In a way, you know, like it's it's no. they they kind of almost like pay a little no. bit of homage to it, which is kind of she doesn't play basketball. Pretty weird. What the fuck are you talking about? Man? No, she doesn't play <laughs> basketball, but she does make money off of it, just like he does in Teen Wolf. Styles makes a business out of it, just like her friend does. So no, it's, it's kind of akin to that. He gets the he gets that Letterman jacket in that one though, bro. They didn't give her. Oh my god, dude! <laughs> Jesus, it <laughs> doesn't have to be identical. It's taking inspiration, not like copying it word for but word. At the end. He That's called plagiarism, he sir. Be, he doesn't need to be <laughs> But and um, he's like, you take the shot, and he shoots it, and he's like, "Fuck it." But just, win. just like the same, the same thing. Like everyone thought she was cooler as the panda. Everyone thought he was cooler as the wolf. So you know, can we admit though similarities there? She was cooler as the panda. Hundred percent. I mean, I, yeah, I think there's a she was less annoying as the panda. What? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't like her voice. I'll tell you right now, Rosie Chang. Sorry, didn't like you. Well, I think there was a reason behind her being, you know, obviously more like because she was more outgoing and willing to. Um, She's being herself. Yeah, she be, really wants yeah, to be, be herself. Yeah, be I, know, herself. I, know, I know, I know. So that was the whole thing there, and and yeah, I enjoyed the film. I thought the, the I honestly, to an extent, kind of related to some of the things that were going on as far as like going through puberty and you know loving the music and trying to find friends and like having a i didn't i never had a real core group of friends but um up until now the, the movie pals Jeez. um but not when Dang i was man, uh, 13, you, 13 years old Damn, man you brought more emotion to me than this movie did. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I agree with that james i didn't i didn't feel like the emotional well, why don't you tell them the real thing with the pixar though. films tell them the real thing to bill the bill has also turned into a panda one I mean, I'm you know I am half Arab. Call and him half bear. Bear. There's a lot of hair in a lot of have, places. He has a nickname. We're not allowed to say it, but it's Bear Bear. And I mean, bear he's bear. a bear. I mean, not a big deal. 
So what I did like was a diverse cast of uh, friends. I thought that was really cool just to see, you know, especially with it being set in 2002. And obviously it's in Canada, not in the U.S., but just having different personalities, uh, the different idea of different friends being different compared to what she is, which is straight lace, trying to be good for her family and, and being a good daughter and trying to stay in line. And then finally uh, getting kind of the the situation where she ends up turning into a panda and um, that I thought was just just an interesting way to ground her for the reasons of why she's able to control her changing things around. That was a really good message overall. I also think that the Sandra O oh playing Ming, Ming was a great character. I think Sandra O oh did a great job playing her and I felt, you know, the most, um, I guess the most emotion out of that character overall, you know, just through everything versus anybody else in this film. If we're going to talk about, you know, how, how much there wasn't a lot of um, emotional feelings in this Ming's character, I felt like really brought a lot of that, that uh, gravitas to it. And that might be just a testament to Central O because I really like her acting, but she did really well. She was very expressive in, as that character. Um, and she was, she also brought a lot of the funniest parts. I mean, she constantly embarrassed Mei Lin and I totally could see, you know, like the most extreme versions of these like freaking <laughs> embarrassments and then having a reaction of, well, in this case, you're turning to a panda. Like she does everything, um, so unconsciously to embarrass her daughter to this extent. And it's like, for anybody else, like high school's over, I got to move. I can't live in this school anymore, or in this case, middle school. Um, so that that I think was really part of it, and I found myself laughing a lot in a lot of these scenes. You know, I, I did. I like the anime uh, references. I love the animation. I thought that was well done. It isn't like the other Pixar films, though. It is different. Definitely has its own unique style in it. Um, but between that and some of the the jokes that were in there, I thought you know, I again, I found myself very. Uh, laughing throughout the film so so those things i think a lot of things did work for it for me but um there was obviously some aspects of it especially just a kind of greater uh conversation around puberty and, and what the women are going through and their different feelings um though i can relate to some of it from a male's perspective didn't couldn't really fully embrace it from um you know what they're really trying to go for as far as their target audience um so we talked a little bit about plot we talked about a little bit of the animation but you know was there anything that you you felt like you know there needed to be more of? And like I didn't like this, and I felt like they needed to really do something else. Um, I wish there like I like I'm saying all jokes aside, I'm just I've had too much to drink. I wish there was more of a central antagonist. Like I, I guess we'll wait till spoilers. I guess, but when it's revealed, kind of like what's going on. I guess the whole antagonist is like the cultural norm is the antagonist. I guess right, or the family yeah, values or expectations. Being of yourself is yeah. the antagonist, right? Which it's like people versus society, I guess. You know what I mean? Which I more never more been or less the fear the fear of change, man. Really? Yeah. Which is like what I said. It's it's like if you're going like film study stuff, it's like people versus society, right? Which is like yeah. what's going on. Mm-hmm. Which I've never been a fan of, to tell you the truth. I, I don't like when it's like that. Like I get it. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. But for something that's a little smaller scale like this, too, uh, you know, I don't know. I wish they got to the point a little bit sooner too, and we could have stayed a little bit more in the kind of like, lingered in with that. Yeah, trying to hide the panda stuff. It seems like she reveals it really quick to everybody, and it's like, okay, I get it. And like, she reveals it, like her family, which is cool. Like, it's you know, I didn't realize her parents are gonna find out right off the bat. Um, apparently, they showed in the trailer though. So if you watch the trailer, sorry. Um, and then like her friends find out like two minutes later. It's like, okay, they didn't even get to have like a second of fucking like, hey, look, it's me. Yeah, they're really not wasting any time in the film. Oh, yeah. I get it. Like at that point, they're trying to move on to like the climax of it all. So. Um, that worked. I mean, better voice acting would have helped out too. Mm-hmm. That's just me being a hater, though. But yeah, that's what I think. <laughs> what about you, Marco? <laughs> Anything that you really felt needed to be better here for you? I think the pacing for for a short movie, like even James called it out, it's not that long. I think, and it, it shows this is it, you know, it's it's <laughs> first time director, her first full feature film for uh, Domi Shi, for yeah, at least yeah, yeah, uh, animated, and you can tell like she still needs to work on the pacing a little bit, but. I'll let that slide because the overall the overall story and the whole like going against the norm or the fear of change theme kind of did work, uh, especially if you grow up culturally in families where it's a family unit and that's how it is for Latinos. Like me growing up in a Latino household, that's how it is. Like family is so close knit, 
And there were times where my family and I clashed because I was growing into my own person, you know, and because I was challenging them and their norms and their cultural standards, like consistently. And I could relate to that when, um, when Maylin was going through that and, and that, that tug of war you play where you want to be loyal to your family, but you also want to be your own person and you don't want to disappoint yourself as much as you don't want to disappoint your family. And that conundrum that she's in, I felt that the movie did capture that pretty well. I like that, although the the antagonist itself was, you know, that that fear of change and and that societal norm. I like that it was kind of a smaller scale as opposed to other Pixar films. I, I like when they do those things where it's not like this big freaking you know like thing that they have to do, this world ending thing that they have to do. Albeit, I there were some things that kind of stood out where I was just like, you really didn't need that in the movie, but I'll save that for spoilers because it's toward the end. And I felt like that took up too much time from the movie where they could have focused more on the story and the characters themselves. But um, I felt like, um, aside from the pacing, um, maybe a little bit more on the um, style of the actors, like they, they could have been a little tighter, I guess. Because uh, I do agree with James that some of the voice acting just wasn't, um, it wasn't there for me, but I, I let it slide. Okay. Yeah, and I will say, you know, th- just for some added context into it too, I did watch the documentary the, that, that kind of goes along with the film on Disney Plus called Embrace Bill, I'm impressed right now. I'm <laughs> fucking torqued. Which, which I thought was a really good, uh, insightful documentary about oh, just so the production and the staff that was there. Tell, tell me more to Bill. <laughs> I'm twirling my mustache. Where's the twist? Oh no! So, so uh, what? What would you guys rate the film, Marco? What was your rating out of uh, one to five? Uh, one to five, I'd give it three and a half stars. Very cool. I, I think cool. it's. Uh, th- I think the overall story works. I think that it's it's still quite relatable relatable to people. Uh, even if you're, you know, even if you're not. You know, a female going through puberty, I think it still speaks to, you know, kids who are, you know, in that phase and and going through it. Um, It's very risky for for Pixar to do that. And I know they're taking flack for it. But you know what? By all means, keep doing it, guys. Fuck it. Move the bar, man. Challenge societal norms. And um, yeah, just keep hitting the home runs. Do you think it was a strong entry for a Pixar film? Do you you feel it kind of compares really well to the rest or... I think content. I think content-wise, and thematically, yes. Um, animation-wise, mm, kind of. I've seen, uh, uh, I've seen slightly better animation from them. I like that they were stepping outside. They just need to refine it when they do step out of out of their norms. I, I you know, I it almost felt like they weren't as confident because they were going outside their norms. And it's just like, dude, just go full, full, yeah. full throttle, because. Because when you do, that animation looks fucking fire. Yeah. Right. Uh, and James, what did you rate this film? I give this movie uh, three stars out of five. I'm impressed, oh, James. I've been asked not to talk anymore. To yourself? He just got a cease and desist notice. Yeah, keep it uh, a little bit. Uh, I'm stumbling over words now. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I still thought it was okay. Oh, I didn't think it was like amazing. I, I think it's a pretty weak entrance. I, this is my opinion, not Marcos. So you know, I don't. I think I still don't. I didn't really. I mean, I could. I don't know. I thought Luca did it better. I mean, it's practically the same fucking plot. True. Uh, true. I almost <laughs> I mean, made a comparison it, to Luca because like, they Luca's, they also had there's a, a very Luca's small fucking beautiful though. So I mean, uh, you know. Yeah, they also uh, had a very small like I guess antagonist to a point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. that's why I'm like, just watch Luca. But you know, whatever. <laughs> what about you, Bill? Oh, well, I gave it a four stars. Um, so I I enjoyed it and. I thought it was funny. I, I I agree. I don't know if it's necessarily one of their best entries, but it's unique in it, and it's uh, it's like brave level to me. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, I could. Like, like it's own it's own little thing. You know, it sticks out from yeah. the rest of the other films, little... and to me in a good way. But I think some people would think like a film like Brave maybe not in a good way. So 
All right, so we're gonna jump into spoilers. There isn't really too much that we, we're going to spoil here, but there is there is one big kind of plot. So plot point. So we'll bring that up. If you haven't seen the film yet, you can go ahead and skip forward a little bit. You can hear how to connect with us as well as find out what we're going to be watching for our next spot. Otherwise, stick around for just a moment and we'll get into a little bit of the spoiler section. Where the ambulance? Why the man body still the right man there? Ain't supposed to be lying Call the damn ambulance. All right. So spoilers. the The biggest reveal here is basically how it is that she is turning into a red panda, and that is essentially because there's kind of a curse on the family. Not. I mean, it's not really a curse. They, a good curse. It's, right? Yeah, I mean, it, it's something that their ancestors wished upon to protect their family for way, way back when um, from from attacks in the village. And essentially, they were granted this gift of turning to a panda. But over time, found out that it's more of a hindrance than it is um, of use, especially in the modern age. So they had found ways to contain the panda spirit by essentially waiting until the first red moon that this occurs and um they can they kind of essentially enshrine the spirit of a panda inside these talismans so that's that's essentially what the big reveal is there and the way that until they can do that they have to kind of control their emotions um otherwise the panda will come out what i think is funny um throughout the whole thing for this for this whole premise is that the whole family has has had this interaction so i don't know if they were all in toronto at the time but apparently toronto has been exposed to giant red pandas <laughs> throughout throughout um at least a generation's time each yeah. time especially with her mother's panda being you know skyscraper tall like it's not something you i feel like you yeah. readily forget about and yet it seems like most of the city had <laughs> so so i think that was just a very a weird premise and at the end it had that kind of like epic battle of the the which is also you know uh maylene maylene trying to um break free of her family and really speak to her mother and and giving her um the feels of who she is um and who she wants to be but um i think that that was just very it was that's more on brand with some of the some of these kind of Disney films in general. Maybe not necessarily Pixar of the whole you know big epic ending scene, and then um, while also finding kind of growth for the character. And that was for me a little bit out of the norm from a general Pixar film because there's a bit more of a uh, uh, I don't know. There's more more focus on like resolution of a plot, and and though it's a good way of ending it, where she decides to stay as a panda versus the rest of the family. I thought that was a unique take on it. It isn't, you know, it was different. It wasn't what I was expecting. Um, Marco, what were your thoughts on just to reveal overall about the heritage of the panda and then how things played out at the end? Uh, I think it worked to to a point. The fact that they they made it a curse, quote unquote. At first, I was like, I was kind of like, why did they make it a curse? Why not just say like. It's it's something that just happens as like a coming of age thing would have made more sense, but lean I, into I the metaphor. Yeah, like I understand they had to vilify a little bit because it represented change and the fact that the dynamics of the parent child relationship would change because that's the age when you know you start challenging your parents more and you start you know being more defiant. You're not that perfect kid. You're you're your own person. You know they they stop telling you how your haircuts are how you dress all all that shit stops right around there maybe even a little before but right around there and so towards the end i was like okay that makes sense you know like she's becoming her own person you know away from the quote-unquote control of her mother or, or her parents and her family and and I like that. Did they have to do the whole fucking kaiju thing at the end with the giant red <laughs> panda in the city? That's the scene I felt like took way too much fucking time. I'm like, we don't need this shit. Like, the movie wasn't this. The movie was all about that relationship and the disconnect and being able to cope with that and and being able to let go of your kid and say, hey, I trust that you'll become your own person and you'll come back to me as family you know like that was touching that hit home you know like i had you know growing up like fucking getting personal here whatever i'm a little boozy um you know my my parents and i would fucking butt heads when i was a fucking teenager only only to come around and we're like hella cool and hella tight now you know like 
my mom is one of my best fucking friends, you know, and it, it, it all comes full circle. And so that that whole emotional payoff for the movie worked for me, whether you, again, whether you're male, female, whatever you identify as, I think it works, man. Like it, it wasn't perfect. It was messy. And also the, the whole giant kaiju thing didn't need to be there, but I felt like that was handled pretty good. I had an issue with it at first, but when it all came back full circle, I was like, okay, that makes sense. Never mind. I stand corrected. <laughs> what about you, James? What were your thoughts on how things played out at the end? Uh, I'm not going to lie. I didn't hear most of Marco's stuff. Um, <laughs> it was it was cool, I guess. Is that what he said? This, <laughs> we, we, we usually tune each other out. Uh <laughs> I'm gonna need you to take a fill up that glass again. Uh, 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 I did. I did hear half of the shit that Bill said either. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wrap it up, son. Um, oh shit! It was cool. I think they explained the origin. I thought it was just a thing that happened to their family, so they explain it. Um, I thought the thing at the end was a little over the top. The kaiju kind of yeah. attack. Like I agree with Marco, but uh, it it. But then it shows them like all becoming, you know, them breaking their spell just to help out, and uh, that's the whole family aspect. So that actually worked for me. So, yeah, I mean, I agree. I think that 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 last part of the family coming together was was the film finally taking it home and bringing in that message of of family and and they do what wow, they have to do, womanhood, for sacrifices yeah. for it. I, I actually like mm-hmm. that part. So yeah, so it was a good message. If anything, overall. when you said like, what do you want? More of that would have been kind of nice, other than the very end. But I, I mean. But you have yeah, to. Yeah, they all the show end. up at the third it. act. I mean, everything is at the end at this point. Then you start seeing this. You know, they start from like your initial family to your friends to like your actual entire network of people that, that care about you. Yeah. All at the end. Yes. <laughs> and agree. Any other thoughts from your end? <laughs> I feel like there isn't really much more that we you want to go into about this one. That's honestly. Um, I think we hit most probably of the, uh, no i think it, i think know, it was la, la, last thing i think it was kind of cool that their whole goal was just to go to a concert i mean I, you know i think very, uh, very luca like where it's like all they want is a scooter yeah basically so, yeah. but I, yeah. I, I like when it's very simple life related things like that like we've all yeah, wanted no, no, that no, scooter that didn't, i didn't have an issue yeah with it. yeah everybody's yeah, wanted I mean, to go to something and try to save up and Yep. Become a panda to take photos, you know. I mean, That's like common. Damn, two hundred dollars for teenagers to try to in two thousand two. Not easy, you know. Thanks, man. I mean, it's not. It's expensive now to try to five hundred bucks for some tickets right now. Right. Concert, Truthfully, so. they didn't really have that good of seats, man. I was like, That's <laughs> right. I was like, that was four man. seats. They were. Yeah, they were out just in the general mission GAs, man. Yeah. I'm like, what? So, uh, yeah, nothing else. I mean, I feel like you guys hit all the points. So, yeah. Alright, guys. So that is the end of the pod here podcast number 120 thank you for listening thank you for all the feedback response and reviews marco let them know how they can reach us if they would so like to check us out on facebook instagram or twitter where you can catch nabil in a red panda costume free of charge we're not going to make a racket out of that at movie pals pod (laughs) also if you use Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or iHeartRadio. I think I didn't say that one. Maybe I said iHeartRadio twice. And Well, now I did. Anyway, smash that subscribe button and you'll never miss an episode. If this is your first time listening to us, welcome. Thank you for listening. I know me and James are a little loosey-goosey right now, but y'all love it when we do. Hopefully you stick around for the long run and you catch us on, your, on our next episode. Rate us, review us, uh, share us. Um, we appreciate it when you guys uh, comment on our posts, when you share it and give us shout outs. Thank you so much to everyone who supports us and shouts us out. We really appreciate it. And if you want to be a guest and we know you, let us know. Yeah, definitely. Uh, tune in next time, guys. We're going to be doing episode 121. This is going to be kind of a special one. We'll be going over the Oscar results, who lost our annual Oscar bowling, and then also the um, going to be doing a main review of a couple of films. So we're actually, because it's such a big film, we're going to just be doing the uh, 1972 film, The Godfather. Mm-hmm. So until then, this is James. And Marco. And Nabil. Have a great one. <laughs>